0: It's our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think
1: I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics.
0: Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome everyone to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's original series podcast. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and with me today is...
1: Wow. Really?
0: Well, I thought we were gonna do the podcast today. <laughs> Alright, if you insist. <laughs> All right. That could be two episodes then we're talking about either assignment earth or Cat's Paw will let you decide. <laughs> Let's, no,
1: we'll do cat's paw. Hi, it's Brandon.
0: <laughs> hey Brandon. Uh Halloween, right? It's today. Happy Halloween, guys. All Hallows Eve, as they said in ye old world. <laughs> uh <laughs> We thought it'd be fun to do a commentary on Cat's Paw, one of the uh, much maligned episodes of the original series. Brandon and I did a commentary on And the Children Shall Lead uh, not too long ago, and that was a lot of fun to do. And, you know, there's just, you know, love it or hate it, it's it's there's a lot to talk about in these really absurd episodes. So I think it's going to be a fun, uh, fun back
1: and forth here, Brandon. I agree with you. I mean, people always want to talk about the good episodes, and I think it's much more fun to talk about the... Oh, the ones that fall below the bar, let's just say.
0: It's Halloween, guys, so we're just doing a special supplemental episode here for you. A little, little treat for your uh, trick-or-treat bag. And uh, we're going to be talking about castbot I must say, I did rewatch this episode recently in preparation for this conversation. I will say, it's not as bad as I remembered it. So, kudos to you, Robert
1: Block. Author of Psycho.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you want some more goodness for... Uh, for Cat's Paw, tune into Melodic Treks episode 60 that came out last year where Adam Drozen joined me and we discussed the music for Catspaw And uh, it, was a, it was a fun conversation. So that's Melodic Treks episode number 60. Sounds good, man.
0: Well, everybody cue up your VCRs, your Laserdisc players, your reel-to-reels, uh, your Blu-rays, or your streaming services, be it Hulu, Netflix, or CBS All Access. We'll count you down three, two, one, and play. And when we say play, you hit play and we'll watch the episode along together. You ready, Brandon?
1: Are you watching this on your laser discs?
0: Uh, I would, but we're watching it live stream together on Zoom.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so on your laser discs, are they one episode aside or what?
0: Yes, they're one episode aside, so I don't have to turn them over oh, until good. Uh, the episode's over. So yes, that is my preferred method of watching the original series. I have the complete series on Laserdisc, and I watch it on my standard definition 4x3 television, and it just just like when I was a kid, so I love it. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, play.
1: Here we go. Season two. This is the first episode produced for season two, right? But it wasn't yes. the first one aired, so... They, they held it back for Halloween. They did. And it's a good thing that they did. Now, <laughs> I'll point out a couple of things as we go through this, but I watched this with Aubrey, oh, just over a year ago, I'd say. And, like, you know, as a young kid, there was a couple of times when she was, like, freaked out watching this really? episode. yeah. So I'll point out, there was was like one or two of them, like the cat freaked her out for sure, and the witches, like when the witches' heads are like floating and stuff, like she legit like ran and hid underneath our couch. Mm. (laughs) That's pretty funny.
0: Well, what they're talking about here is they're talking about how Scott and Sulu and a character named Jackson beamed down into this planet together, and I think that's how landing parties should be, you know? Like no big three in, in this landing party. No first officer, no chief medical officer, no captain. But this is probably the only time that happens on TOS. What do you, what do you say, Brandon?
1: Well, that's how they did it in... Uh, well, no, not necessarily, because Riker was always on it in Next Generation, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it's the 60s, and it's your star of the show's the captain, so of course he's going to go down all the time and and do all the action and all the fun and and everything like that. Speaking, oh, man, look at, going that down, fall, look, look at that fall. Look at that fall. That's like a person, too. That's not a dummy.
0: <laughs> Falling like a champion. Jackson, the gold shirt, red shirt, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Looks like John Leguizamo.
0: He does, doesn't he? That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good lookalike. Captain somebody tweeted Kirk. the other
1: day. Somebody tweeted. They're like, "What's your favorite scary movie with like no blood or gore?" For somebody, and I tweeted, "The Pest" with at John Leguizamo. It's scary that that stuff got made. And John Leguizamo liked my tweet, and then he unliked my tweet.
0: <laughs> He's like, "Oh, that looks bad on my part. Let me unlike that." <laughs> oh man, so that, that's a compelling uh, hook for the. Uh, opening of the episode, there's a curse on your ship, you know?
1: Yeah, it's not something you normally get. I mean, like, normally this is quite scientifically accurate, this show, with, like, space hands and space Lincolns, mm-hmm. you know? So to get a space curse is... that's not good.
0: Completely out of the question. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the opening credits in Season 2, right, they added the singer? Like, oh... That's, you know... So
1: just like her. <laughs> I
0: knew you were going to say something... <laughs> Well, do you prefer the Season 1 music without uh, the, the singer, or the Season 2 music with the singer?
1: Um, I prefer the Deep Space Nine theme song myself. That's my favorite.
0: All right, that's not what I asked. First of all, the, the Deep Space Nine theme, first of all, is the most boring theme in Star Trek. It's like an endurance test to sit through those opening credits the first three seasons. I'm so glad they updated them. Oh, I know I know you disagree. I know you disagree. We've talked about this before. I'm, on I'm exiting Tricks. this commentary. I'm not even finishing this <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I think I think it's more iconic of the two to have the singer in uh, the opening credits. So I do this is my my preferred version because I also prefer the yellow text over the blue because that's iconic Star Trek. I, I I don't mind the blue. It's like it's like a good sign to tell like hey what season you're in. But you know the the singer and the yellow opening credits is my ideal uh, opening credits of the original
1: series. Plus you got DeForest
0: Kelly in there too, and he deserves a spot.
1: Zach S two. That's what we'll call you from now on. <laughs>
0: So Cat Spot, as we mentioned earlier, it's written by, uh, we saw the opening credits there, written by Robert Block from Psycho, and he wrote three episodes of the original series. Hey, I he bet wrote, you I could name them. Uh, oh, go ahead, Brandon.
1: Okay, so I know that he did this, and he did What Are Little Girls Made Of? Mm-hmm. And he did the season two episode with Piglet the Ripper, which is, give me a second here. Piglet it's, the Ripper, uh, so good. Wolf in the Fold.
0: Yes, correct. Uh, of the three, I think What Are Little Girls Made Of? is by far the best of those three, and that's actually one of my favorite episodes. I would agree. Underrated episode too. Nobody talks about it. We should do a commentary on that one sometime.
1: <laughs> we should do a commentary on Wolf in the Fold. <laughs> oh, no, I, <laughs> I love get Wolf a lot in of... the Fold.
0: Uh, you know, it's uh, it can be seen as harmless fun, but I can also see why other people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it has some really weird gender politics in it with Scotty hating women. But we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Con- that's it. We'll, we'll file that one away for a next commentary, Brandon. I wouldn't mind doing that one with you.
1: <laughs> so we we um, we find we ourselves the... on the planet from Galileo Seven.
0: Yeah, they, they do kind of uh, disguise it pretty well, though, I think. I think it's very atmospheric. I, I I know what they're going for, and I feel like they are achieving what they're going for. It's, like, it's very gray. You have the fog, the fog's machine. The fog machines are working on overdrive here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: have you ever seen The Fog by John Carpenter? I have seen the remake
0: of The Fog starring Tom Welling. Oh, you got to see do the original thing.
1: Jamie Lee Curtis, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy, DeSalle? It's Assistant Chief Engineer DeSalle. Oh, look who, that hair. Who was in three episodes himself? Can you name those three episodes that he was in?
1: Uh, he was in catspaw I know that. You got that. <laughs> he was in. Oh man, I don't know if I know that. Um, I'm guess I know there's a season one episode. Am I right on that? There are two season one episodes. Two season one episodes. So I think he was in. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm gonna plead ignorance. I don't know. What are they? He was.
0: He was in. Squire of Gothos. Okay. And this side of paradise. Okay. And it's nice to see recurring guest stars, uh, like him and, like, Lieutenant Riley and then Doctor Minga, but uh, the only reason that he is in charge here is so Uhura wouldn't be in charge of the ship, because Scotty and Sulu are on the planet, Mm -hmm. and so are Spock, McCoy, and Kirk now. There's no one left to be in charge. And I'm sure there was some behind the scenes thing there that said, hey, we can't have a run in charge of the ship for multiple reasons in the 60s. So they just gave this guy a promotion to assisted chief engineer because he was a gold shirt before in his first two appearances. Mm-hmm. And now he's in a retro. I think he's a fine. I mean, he—he he, he, this guy is like so like stereotypical 60s TV star, like, like square jawed, you know, superhero esque <laughs> looking guy. And he's like, we're going to f- solve this problem, mister. You know, so I mean, he's fine. And I would like to see him some more, but.
1: Here. This here, man. This totally freaked my daughter out these three head floating head witches.
0: Now, do you think they're supposed to look headless, or do we, are we supposed to see their total necks?
1: Oh, no, they're supposed to just be heads. That's just lighting on the shirts. <laughs> they're wearing black shirts, right? So they're supposed to be just floating heads.
0: Come on, Mike Okuda, you can step your game up on the TOS Remastered on that. But, they, you know, they did do some good stuff we'll come up to in a second here, which I really liked on, on the Remastered version.
1: This is not... No, we're not watching the Remastered. This is the original... This is not this
0: is this is not the the, uh, the remastered version, so I take it all back. Yeah. But I, but I will say they did some really nice castle updates on the remastered version. Uh, because I do I do watch the remastered versions on occasion. So. What's wrong with their
1: face? What's
0: wrong with their face? <laughs> uh, you know, I will say that this was a very striking image when I was a kid though, when they had the end credits. You know, they show the the uh, still frames of different episodes. At the end of the episodes, they, they had a witch face. I was like, oh what's that? Before I saw this episode, it was, it was creepy. So I, I I understand why your daughter might have been scared by this. It's just, mm-hmm. And they're like, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> and they talk like this. We should do the rest of the commentary like that. <laughs> I love Spock's analysis
0: are very bad poetry, Captain. Kirk's like, ah. <laughs> Not now, Spock. <laughs>
1: You, you and her smart ass comments. It was awesome though. She was legit freaked out. She was hiding under the couch.
0: Wonderful parent, Brandon. We, like, oh, my daughter was so scared. It was so awesome.
1: <laughs> we have a couch that like unfolds into a bed, and it was open at the time, and she was like right under it.
0: <laughs> so they're still wandering around the, uh, the the planet here. They get they're uh, running into the uh, the winds of uh, Saruman here as they try to <laughs> go on their quest to destroy the ring. <laughs>
1: This is, you know, you see stuff like this, and when you're mocking it and whatnot, it just makes me think of Ed Wood, when he has to, like, get in the water with that octopus. He's like,
0: he's moving the arms. (laughs) Move it around around a bit. Uh, See, you know, I don't mind the episode so much at this point. I think there's a certain point where it jumps the shark and becomes, like, a really bad episode. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that. But up to this point, I think, okay, the witches are a little hit or miss, but, yeah.
1: I think it's the cat, honestly. Like, mo- honestly, most of the episode is not that bad. I, I don't think, like, here all this witch stuff, all this imagery that we're seeing, this castle that we're about to see right away, like it all really works. And even going in there and dealing with the two aliens, I think works very well as as well, right?
0: Right. No, I. I that's exactly what I was going to say too. Is the cat is really what when when they when they giant little household cat (laughs) becomes the crux of your climax you got a problem but this is something that did improve on the remaster they they had a new map map painting of a uh, or not a map painting a cgi painting of a castle it really uh expanded the scope Mm -hmm. of things and i really think that was a really good little uh little thing they didn't have to fix but they chose to and that's what you know the akutas really literally worked overtime to do those things because that wasn't part of the agreement they're they're their mandate was to fix all the special effects shots in space, and anything beyond that was above and beyond, and I really did appreciate that aspect of the remastered project for TOS.
1: You know, I've still only seen the first season remastered. Like, I've got the Blu-rays, but I just, I personally like watching them with the original effects. I still have to go back and watch. Like, even on my my rewatch last year for for the 50th anniversary rewatch that we did, I watched them all with the original effects,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I watched them in mono. Mm. Well, hey, man, I'm, I'm the guy
0: that watches them on, on a laser display, so I, I'm right there with you. But it it is a nice uh, alternative version. Unlike Star Wars, they haven't erased the original versions. You're able to watch
1: both in the highest quality, should you so choose. So you could kind of say that the Blu-rays are an alternative factor? You could say that. Yeah,
0: okay, good. <laughs> it sure is taking a while to get to, inside this castle, though, I must say. Uh... I bet when they did syndication cuts, they really cut a lot of this out. And they, uh, <laughs>
1: chopping you off their fifty. You mean we could cut eight st- minutes of this, uh, this walking into the castle out? Yeah, because well,
0: it was 52 minutes, I think, was the original time. And they come down to about 46 or 45, for, and they continue to cut them down. It as TV has continued. There, there's a the cat.
1: See, they do the first shot to make you think it's big because yeah. it's up close, and then it's, like, really small.
0: And the, the, I like the Dutch angle on the cat. It's, like... Interesting. I don't I don't know what it is, but it's interesting.
1: It's a Batman villain. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> this is like probably the same cat they use in all the Catwoman episodes, you know.
1: And I wonder if that's Isis. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> There's only one paid cat in Hollywood. It's got its own hmm. trailer and everything.
0: ISIS is a very different meaning nowadays. I've I've realized this because there was, you know, obviously the ISIS is the cat in Simon Earth. There's an episode of Smallville called ISIS. Uh, One of the characters on Smallville starts an ISIS foundation. So when I get to talking about those episodes on my other podcasts, I'm (laughs) going to have to comment on that.
1: Yeah. So, like, the, you know, if the FBI is like scanning your audio files, like you're like high on the list of like (laughs) potential, you know, watch lists.
0: This guy says ISIS, like, Three times an hour.
1: Um, So here's a wealthy cany check off. This is is the worst wig
0: ever. Of course, it was supposed to recreate Davy Jones and the monkeys, who were, were of course, uh, inspired by the Beatles. So everything is pop culture, kind of eating itself, like the snake. Right. This is this is a very ineffectual plot when they're on the Enterprise. Um, This shows me why. In further episodes, they don't always cut back to the ship. Because you see how boring and useless it is. It's like we we have to break through this force field. We, we we've got to keep working. And it's like <laughs> it's like every time they do nothing, especially this episode where they literally and we'll get to it at the end where, where Korob has a line. He's like, "I released your ship," but they would have done it themselves eventually. They were they were on a good track. They were they were doing their work up there. <laughs> it's like to give the crew some credit, but the classic door closing itself gag. What a gag! Of course, Spock does it. Spock, who is a Spot, it's so, so paradoxical, Spock's knowledge, right? Because he, he has this encyclopedic knowledge of all history of, like, all these cultures. Yet, he doesn't know about trick-or-treat. He doesn't know about row-row-row-your-boat. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know about marshmallows. <laughs> Would they
1: have trick-or-treat at this time? Like, I'm sure that, you know, being a, a Vulcan, you know, raised on Vulcan, he wouldn't be exposed to trick-or-treat. And then going to Starfleet Academy... You
0: was know, like they had, like, a hol- special Halloween days at Starfleet Academy? Nobody came and... Came to school in the costume?
1: Well, I mean, in this day and age, you can't even, like, have Halloween or Christmas or whatever at work for tolerance, right? And that's now, so I'm guessing... Ooh! No. Look at that fall. Oh, that is not... that is not how that actually broke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, by the way, there's no way they wouldn't have broken some bones in yes. that kind of fall. Look Especially at
1: that. with those stones. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Now are they suspended in the air here I could like when I watched it before no. I couldn't really tell They're they're standing on the ground yes and their arms are chained up okay it looks like in some shots they're being suspended which would be much more painful this is an effect that like we're talking about other than that pretty cheesy explosion this is an effective set here the skeletons and
1: now, how does that skeleton hold itself together like why did the bones not just like collapse?
0: Because they went and bought it at a prop shop. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, good. Yes, okay. Well, that answers that
0: question. Uh, I do like how uh, Kirk's like, but Doc. <laughs> He's about to call him Bones and sees the bones and calls him Doc instead. He could just call him Leonard. God forbid.
1: How many times now have we seen them, like, chained up? Like, they, there was also... Uh, archons return of the archons they were like chained up at one point and
0: i know in uh well in season 2 i feel like it happens a lot more cuz like in patterns of force i know they are weren't they chained uh, up
1: in archons maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm thinking of this episode but yeah I, I
0: don't remember exactly in archons but i know bread and circuses they probably are and uh or at least they're in jail cells but the patterns of force i think they are for sure uh maybe omega glory this is them talking about some parallel development Earth, which we haven't even. It's the first episode of season two. We haven't even done much of that yet, um, but they're already throwing it out there.
1: Yeah, all these dungeons look the same with the, you know, the stairs over off in the corner there. Like it's definitely one set. You can see Scotty's missing finger there.
0: Oh, you can. Yeah.
1: yeah. Look at the look at the way he's holding the gun. Can you see it?
0: Oh, I see. Okay, I see.
1: Maximize your screen.
0: <laughs> I don't know why James Doohan chose to make an effort to hide it because I think if, any, if there's any character on Star Trek that would have a missing finger, would be an engineer. So it would make it would make perfect sense, you know, for him to have a missing finger. I mean, own that, man. That's cool. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe it was like sensors. Yeah, like it's gonna creep out the kids. It's like, mom, he only has four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> If he, you know, and if you want an in universe explanation, it could have been when Apollo shocked him in, uh, Who Mourns for Adonis. Just throwing that out there for all you for fan justifiers out there. Finger? Yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying, if you wanted to, like, well, when did Scotty lose his finger in the universe, you know, Apollo shocks him with some lightning, you know, point-blank range in that episode. That could have been a reason. Or could he just been messing around with the warp engines and some plasma coil blew up in his hand? You know, who knows? So... But, yeah, so Spock mentions that everything they're experiencing here is what terrifies man on a most instinctive level. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Brandon, what about you?
1: I, I think so. I mean, it doesn't translate well to screen, but, I mean, like, dark caverns and darkness where you can't see. Like, I'm still, a, not. it's not that I'm afraid of the dark, right, but I don't like going in dark places. And I remember when I was a teenager, there was this place, I lived in a little uh, town called La Ronge, Saskatchewan, and there was this area, I can't remember the name of the street anymore, but from where I lived to where my friend Matthew lived, there was a path that you could go on. It was a well-defined path, but it wasn't lit very well. So at nighttime when I would go, and it wasn't a very long path, right? But when I would go my, visit nice him at nighttime, there, by the way. <laughs> it would freak me out to go down this dark path. Right, Like I was always very scared of it and I don't know why, like I just didn't like going down this path at night and like, I'm a big man, you know, like even as a teenager, I was a big boy and I could have gone around it and it would have like quadrupled my time, but I never did. Right. Because it would, cause literally to follow the road would have taken like forever to get around it. Just the way that this road was shaped versus like literally, honestly, it was like a two minute walk through this trail, not even, and it just freaked me out every time I went through it.
0: Well, you're right, the TOS is, it's colorful, it's bombastic, it's theatrical, you know, that doesn't marry well with, let's make a creepy, unsettling atmosphere, and that's why we have this, like, B-grade haunted house feel in this episode, mm-hmm. in my opinion.
1: Right, it doesn't translate well, like, like, horror imagery itself doesn't really translate that well to the screen, because when you bring it out in the light, it's silly, but, you know, when it's in the darkness, it can be quite frightening. And that's I, that's what I believe, right?
0: It's always what you don't see is scarier than what you do see.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The Alfred Hitchcock school of suspense, right, Brendan? Mm-hmm. You know you know a thing or
1: two about that? One or two, yeah. Speaking of, if you go over to the Fandom Pod- Podcast Network and check out my show, Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast that I do with my friends Chris and Tom. There we go. See, we, we got to get our plugs in for other... <laughs> other shows <laughs> and you i mean you are one superman let me tell you <laughs> oh well you
0: know i saw it's all smallville i don't know i was gonna couldn't think of it guys and this and this is live so it's not like i can edit that so we just got to keep moving forward <laughs> uh there's no editing these uh these commentaries so what is it with tos and cats though i mean this
1: episode in assignment earth there's always these like mysterious guys and these black cats that's the first and the last episode. It's a bookend. It's like it's like the cigarette smoking man going and putting that thing in the in the Pentagon basement.
0: Okay, you know tangent. Is that not is that not stock footage from the pilot in the aeromile flask? I'm I'm a hundred percent sure it is. I don't they think just it go- is. And if you guys know the X Files, you know what we're talking about. If you don't, then just spare me this sixty seconds here. Seriously, if you, I think they just shot a new a new insert shot of them putting the alien embryo on the shelf, Instead but other of than little that, silver thing. Yes, and everything else is entirely the scene for the pilot. Go watch them back to back. I think you're right. Oh, so Brandon and I also talk about the X Files a lot on the X Cast. You guys should check that out. So then, <laughs> let's just keep plugging all of our other stuff. Anyway, back back to Tos here. Um, I like how Spock is talking about here. Um, He's telling uh, McCoy and Kirk about the legends of wizards and their uh, their demonic associates, their familiars, you know. And uh, they, they give Spock that they they, they they think it's stupid, and he's like, "I did not create the legend, Captain. I merely reported." So, <laughs> I think that's a good uh, a
1: good line there. Do you think this episode would have been better if it was a musical? Um, I mean, like that that thing he has in his hand could be his microphone, and he could just be like. <laughs> singing like goblins and boogeyman well we know uh, we know shatner and Nemo
0: both have albums and and musician are nice. musicians well they they fancy themselves as singers <laughs> so <laughs> i wouldn't have minded that
1: with large quotation marks around that i
0: i do i i do like uh, what korob said there earlier he says I i do not understand that reference therefore it is also of no importance i want i want to start saying that when i don't understand stuff
1: Start putting it on Facebook after like all the trolls. I do not understand that reference. It is therefore deemed unimportant. So
0: he is um. So he's trying to bribe Kirk and company here with like jewels and precious metals and whatnot. And much like Trelane and Squire Gothos, apparently these guys have out-of-date information on Earth.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I tell you what I, would get me is that roast he had on there. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, oh, I, did, what do you want it, me to do? I'll
1: do it. Just give me that roast.
0: Did that remind you of Pans Labyrinth though? Like uh, when I've the only seen like it the, once. oh it's good with a little girl she's so hungry when she goes to like this banquet hall and Doug Jones Saru is the uh, the man with the hands and the eyeballs and you can't eat off his table or he comes to get you that's that's a, the the food temptation that was probably the best uh, use of that I've seen in a film or TV show. Yeah.
1: Well, and this roast was pretty good looking.
0: And, and speaking of you know we we mentioned Catwoman and Batman and stuff earlier. Uh, Korob here he kind of looks like uh, King Tut from the Batman show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that little uh, little goatee that sticks out. But is it supposed to be like a like a like a twist when uh when the cat comes back in and it's Sylvia like are we not supposed to know you know cuz they were like building up this whole like oh the cat's going to leave and and oh look a woman came back
1: right i mean do you think people were like surprised by that no but wasn't there like a 60s show like bewitched or whatever where she could like turn into a cat so i'm sure they were all like I don't know, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, bewitched, it was Bewitched
0: but... or I Dream of Genie. Yeah. Maybe it was I Dream of Genie, yeah. <laughs> the sixties is a weird time, man.
1: <laughs> Things were strange back then.
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah, this uh you know, I was talking and I was talking to somebody at one point, I can't remember what, what podcast we were doing, but um I had said, Name me an original series episode that doesn't have a sequel that's been in a novel, and you know what? I don't think Cat's Paws had a sequel in a novel. Well, you know that, that's.
0: I remember you mentioning that, or we've talked about it. Here, here's what I was talking about: with the cat leaves and she comes back. Yeah. And you've you mentioned this before, either in a podcast or just in our nerdy conversations. Um, oh, this, is she the cat? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kirk's like, oh, hello. My colleague. She's wearing the same necklace as the cat. Oh, it's what ties it all together. I understand. Dr. McCoy? This episode would be perfect for a novel or some kind of tie-in because they came from another galaxy and they're there they mentioned the old ones which they also mentioned in what a little girl's made of which is mm-hmm. robert block talking about the uh, lovecraftian mythology and whatnot so that that, that that's a, a bigger tie-in they could have done if they had chose to but i think this episode it's like one of those like eh, well let's let's not touch that one again just like the gorgon and, and the children shall um, or we, we don't talk about Lazarus anymore. From well, the, the Gorgon factor. comes
1: back in some Next Generation novels. He does? Yeah, yes. like in uh, the Q trilogy, there's by Greg Cox.
0: Oh, did the, oh did you mention that in our last commentary?
1: I don't know if I did or not, but uh, Amy Amy did those on Literary Trek. So the Gorgon comes back. So does quote-unquote God from Star Trek V. He's also in that trilogy of books. Oh, Scotty, punched to the face. Don't move. <laughs> He just pushes it like that. But yeah, I bet I don't think this one actually has a sequel. Huh. Come on, David Mack. Yeah, where, where's our old ones tie in? Oh man, we should get who is it, who writes some some significant uh, Cthulhu novels. <laughs> I have no get idea. Get them to write a Star Trek book.
0: Now this little trick here, uh, making the Enterprise small and then affecting it. Uh, this also happens, again, in Requiem for Methuselah. And in that one, uh, they, like, literally use the prop of the Enterprise. <laughs> you know, Kirk, like, looks in the view screen, and they see him all big and stuff. I actually I actually like this one better. Like, that's a cool medallion. Like, if they sold that, like, I would buy that and, like, hang it from my rearview mirror in my car. Like, what if they so sold cool. it with a candle? I mean, I don't I, – I would just put the – I would give the candle away, like, at a white elephant party, but I would keep the Enterprise. <laughs>
1: My wife had a birthday cake, and she, because she's at work, because she's a Star Trek fan, it had Star Trek on it. And so she gave me like the little cake topper of the Enterprise. I've got it on my shelf. For <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: I'll wait for it here. There's, there's gonna be some pilot stock footage coming up here. It's either from the Cage or where No Man Has Gone Before. Probably from really? where No Man Has Gone Before. Yeah, wait for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They have did to point the, it out.
0: They did this in season one, and this is kind of like leftover season one, or early season two episodes. So wait for it. There it is.
1: That would be he, where no man's gone before.
0: Yeah, you, you can tell by the uniforms.
1: Yeah. You know.
0: Come on, they, Star Trek. <laughs> it's one thing to use stock footage of the ships, but not the people. Too.
1: Well, I've never noticed it. I don't know. That's the first time. I, I only was because you told me. That's the only I never noticed before. Didn't
0: they know we're gonna be sitting here fifty years later analyzing <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> Look at that hair! Oh my goodness.
0: Uh, and this is, I think, after this, maybe there's maybe two or three episodes in season two where he has really bad hair, and then after that, it looks a little more natural.
1: Voodoo doll (laughs) ship? Voodoo (laughs) ship, I guess? Yes, sir.
0: So, you know, Shatner, um, he says uh, telekinesis wrong. And, And that just made me think of, like, sabotage in this episode. He says, like, Telekinesis or... <laughs> he puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable, as they say.
1: Syllable. Uh,
0: that's his well, classic Shatner. I don't know if it's Canadian or if it's Shatner, but how do you say telekinesis, Brandon? Telekinesis. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, you're correct.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I say sabotage. I say sabotage. You say sabotage. Well, it depends on the situation. depends on how you're saying it. Sabotage, sabotage. Like when I'm singing along with the Beastie Boys, it's sabotage. <laughs> right. Right. So it all depends on the situation. Now, now tell us about yours. McCoy go. To be He's off eating the roast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need something, Jim? <laughs> Maybe they gave him mint julep to like convert him.
0: That <laughs> saying they gotta know. They gotta know what gets him. That's interesting that you know ask him about his science and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, uh, this is the presentation is off here, but I feel like the I love that reaction shot. By the way, of Korob, <laughs> it's like I really like wide angle lens, at way too close to him, <laughs> so it makes an interesting perspective, especially with that eyebrow eyebrow raise. But the um the concepts here are interesting because as we learn these these aliens, Korob and Sylvia, they're they're not humanoid. They're like little um
1: Fraggle Rock people. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, puppets, bird puppets, and uh uh and they, they're kind of as uh, sylvia especially is kind of like overwhelmed by all this like sensation and feeling and all this stuff that, that her original form could not experience and and kind of corrupts her because korob seems like it's just uh, hey we're here to do our mission you're getting off book you know we need to you know, stop messing around with these people and she's really enjoying it relishing it and i think that's an interesting concept to take but like, hey these aliens that, that are just it, it's, it's just too much to handle like you know just existing as a humanoid with all the feelings, both physical and mental and emotional, all that stuff. And I think that's an interesting concept that I don't know they they tackle too much in Star Trek. It's usually the other way around, you know.
1: Well, that's how I feel when I podcast with you. Sometimes it's just all these feelings (laughs) that you well up, they just, it's so overwhelming, Zach.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Brandon. There's
1: McCoy. He was at the end of the the, table.
0: Yeah, at the kid's table over there. But yeah, this is the continuing, completely ineffective Enterprise plot. They keep cutting. We're going to keep working on it, sir. Oh, sir, are you there? Uh, okay. <laughs> and they saved a lot of money, too. And, and, like, you know, episodes like All Our Yesterdays. Like, they don't even cut back to the ship at all. We don't even see him beam down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so they just like, you know, we can save a lot of money. We don't have to pay James Doohan and Sean Nichols, George Takei. We just don't cut back to the ship.
1: See, I want to have a house with a dining room like this with these, like, angled doors. Like, these arching doors and stuff. Wouldn't you like that in your house? Yeah, I'll just go to Renfest
0: and experience this once a year. That's fine.
1: Is that like a place where you can go and get like that lamb's leg or whatever? And eat the yeah. Leg? You don't like
0: have a renaissance a- fair up there in Canada?
1: Uh, not that I know of. There's a place in Moose Jaw. There's a city called Moose Jaw. Believe it or not, there's a city called Moose Jaw, not that far from where I live. And uh, there's a I think they have like a restaurant you can go to and do that. They have like special events. I've just uh-huh. never been. Medieval times. Medieval times. Same deal. Assistant Chief Engineer LaSalle. That's probably why I didn't recognize him, because, yeah, he is in a yellow shirt the other time, it's a gold shirt. Mm-hmm. See, Discovery's not canon. Look at this bridge. Discovery doesn't look anything like this.
0: I uh, I have not read the um, the novel where they cross over with the Enterprise, but uh, I'm they print it, it explains a lot of the uh, visual inconsistencies between Discovery and TOS.
1: I have read that book.
0: Mm-hmm it's like spock commenting on how humans just change their aesthetics
1: and stuff like that. It's an okay book. I didn't mind it. I mean, it's not great. It's subpar for David Mack. He's had better, but did you like them addressing the fact of how the enterprise
0: looks so different than the discovery? Um, or the, the Shinzu, I should say.
1: <laughs> yeah, than the Shenzu. Um sure. I mean, it's fine like cuz you you know just with one sentence like with the uniforms where he says, "Oh, it's these uniforms were exclusively for the constitution class well like with one line you can just <laughs> shut everybody down right and i like that they can do that that's good right. but you know And you
0: know we were joking about that skeleton earlier you can clearly see that it's not a decomposed skeleton it has the little line across the cranium <laughs> that they cut to take the brain out <laughs> so <A> fake brain <laughs> yeah it's like literally one you would find in a doctor's office
1: See, the interesting thing about Star Trek continues with Vic Mignogna is he does the the pronunciations of the words that that uh, Shatner does as well. Like, he did it in the... Did you see Episode 10 yet?
0: I was, I was just about to watch Episode 10, and then you're like, hey, let's do this podcast right now. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh. <laughs> I literally sat down to watch it.
1: <laughs> he says a word. I think it's sabotage that like he says in the episode, so... I'll have to ask you afterwards what you think of it. There's two there's two parts in it that made me laugh and I don't think they're intentional laughs, but uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> No, he he's a perfect Kirk. Like like if you squint you think you're watching Shatner's Kirk on the screen. He's amazing. He really captures the essence of being Shatner without being a parody of Shatner, and that is so hard to do.
1: Yeah, well my wife said that. We were I had put it on the other night, and we're watching it, and my wife's like, Wow, he does a really good job.
0: Your wife's like, Wow, I've never seen this episode of Star Trek before. Oh wait, this isn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, she knew what I was watching. But yeah, she her too, she was like, Wow, he does a really good job of Shatner. Yeah, he's
0: he's incredible. Um, also earlier Shatner was mimicking the skeleton there. I wonder if that was like in the script or that was him just getting bored with him being in this dungeon for so long and <laughs> just doing something interesting with the scene. He kind of positioned his body like that like his head was tilted the way the skeleton was. So little, little moments like many, that.
1: Wonder how many takes that took.
0: <laughs> Bones has the uh, the crazy eyes from uh City on the Edge of Forever here. <laughs> Assassins, murderers.
1: <laughs> he just doesn't have the lesions on his face and the, the pale skin. Right. Why don't their pants go down to their ankles?
0: Is they wearing boots?
1: No. Oh. Okay.
0: There you go. Take that, hater. No. <laughs> Why doesn't the bridge look the same? Why are the pants go down their ankles?
1: <laughs> this isn't Star Trek. This is interesting.
0: We don't often get this. This is a, a scene between the two, uh, you know, just aliens that are talking to each other. Like, you get their perspective outside of Kirk's perspective of them. Well, we got a uh,
1: balance of terror.
0: Well, I was just going to say, it kind of reminds me of balance of terror, you know. <laughs> Way like,
1: usually, ahead of you, more Way yeah. ahead of you.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, I mean, you're kind of talking about the, the room here, the dining room. It just looks like they went to the prop room. And just pick a random thing. Oh, like,
1: man, that would be great. You should oh, grab that, but don't leave that behind. <laughs> look at that like, chair. Bring that in here.
0: Because <laughs> he's like wearing like an Egyptian. There's that. There's that camera angle again. <laughs> I
1: have the power. Oh, I love this cloak. Can I just take this cloak? You oh, look at here. this eye on here. Like, that's so subtle. Like, people will be de- debating that for the next fifty years. with this? Yeah, cloak this stuff
0: means. like does not match. There, there's eclectic, and then there's this, and <laughs> this does not match.
1: Why is it pink?
0: Well, you know, you could always, the the, the whole thing in COS is, oh, the aliens don't quite properly understand the way things are supposed to be. Like Inspector of the Gun or something like that. Or the, oh, they didn't know we had walls on our buildings. It's an incomplete memory, Captain.
1: (laughs) This is silly. We had $50 to spend on this budget, Captain.
0: You know, earlier uh, she did say, I'm not a puppet, which is ironic because they are puppets. I thought that was a little funny, uh, (laughs) unintentional irony there in the the script.
1: I definitely had more fun laughing at And the Children Shall Lead.
0: Yeah, you know, because you watch this episode and it's like, it's not as absurd. It's not as terrible as you think it is. At the end, the climax is really where it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up to this point, it's like, okay, this is a pretty standard TOS, you know?
1: Yeah. And Children the Lead is just nonsense. <laughs>
0: it's just complete garbage. <laughs> so, I mean, Cat would you really rank it? in the bottom of TOS. I feel like it's on a lot of people's worst of lists.
1: I would definitely put it pretty low on the list. Like, it, it's not a terrible episode, but it's not good either. I mean, like, it's pretty slow. I think I think it's a pretty slow episode. Right. What do you think?
0: Yeah, like, we were saying, like, it took forever to get in the castle. Now, they have gone back and forth to the dungeon, like, two and a half times now. Where we're getting, sl- and this is kind of trotted ground already. Right stuff like with Trelane, right? We've seen this kind of stuff before. So,
1: Peeping Tom. Yeah. <laughs> How does
0: it
1: feel? Yeah, but I don't know. It, like, it's a, it's not a good episode. It's not terrible, but it's not very good.
0: Mm-hmm. See, now this this is Kirk. This is Kirk doing what Kirk does, and becomes the stereotype of him. But he's he's using he's seducing her like to, as a means to an end. That's right. To get it to get information and all that. So that's. That's smart. You know, it's like there, there's there's, a there's a reason he's doing what he's doing here. And he, he he can analyze the situation and use it to his advantage. He can see how she's like getting all cut up in these emotions and he's just going to overpower her with them So put on that Kirk charm.
1: Yeah, because most people just think he just kisses people just because he's a romantic or whatever. And <laughs> No, he's definitely always trying to, you know, gain and advance the plot and... Uh, and... Uh, Save his crew when he's doing it,
0: and if there's certain benefits to that, then you know. So except,
1: for, except for except uh, for Edith Keeler, right? Right, and uh, Miramani. Miramani.
0: Miramani. What is that? Miramani. <laughs> is, that, is that how I said it?
1: <laughs> That's how you say it You're usually. Like,
0: Miramani. Miramani.
1: <laughs> now, why wasn't why wasn't this lady in the white iris?
0: That's that's the worst episode of Continues, by the way. I don't I don't really like White Iris.
1: Vic Bignana, if you could stop listening five (laughs) seconds ago, please.
0: Look, Vic, I love all your work, (laughs) but that episode is my least favorite.
1: I disagree. I didn't like the one with the Rock Man.
0: Oh, that one. I thought that was interesting.
1: I think that's my least favorite. With the what do they call him? Oogly or something? Oostie. Oostie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, those are the those are the the weakest two episodes so far, but I love
1: the last two have the been really good.
0: Well, I like, was about to watch the last one, but someone now wanted to do a podcast. Right well, now, I'll
1: spray. let you know it's really good.
0: <laughs> so, um, these outfits here, she looks like I dream of genie here. Terrible. But I'll, no, I'll tell you what's terrible. I'll tell you what's terrible. terrible. This, this, this. this <laughs> What is sorry, this? She's She's like a shower sumo wrestler. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's the worst thing. She trying to seduce him in that. That's terrible. You like what you see? Hell though, no, I don't like what I see. That's yeah. I saw that
1: on my couch. Oh my gosh. I saw that on my parents' couch. Aaron. Aaron. Har- Aaron. Harvest couch in the uh, wood panel den. He's like, quit changing your clothes and just kiss me. <laughs> See, like here, like you can tell he's totally not interested, right? Like right. The way he's looking around.
0: And she picks up on it, too, eventually here. Yeah. Which is great. I, I like that. I, like feathers in the wind.
1: I remember the first time I tried to kiss a girl and it was like this and we were just like rubbing faces <laughs> like this. And it was like, I start, said, what are you, you try doing?
0: To, you you trying to learn how to kiss people by watching television, you in bad shape. I mean, I've done it myself where it's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Right? This is like, how don't... Kiss Kirk kisses. He's just a... <laughs> You don't eat people's faces.
1: You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> I haven't. My cheeks aren't pushed into my chin far enough yet while well, I'm kissing you. <laughs> oh,
0: man. tried to deceive me it's here I don't know why she's holding that necklace like you are using me that has no significance though because uh, the wand the that uh, Korob has is the true power
1: this the, is trans- the transmuter <laughs> transmuter
0: that's what they call it it's a transmuter I know. I, I know
1: I've seen the episode once or twice <laughs> oh, <man. You're> <laughs> wand with a light bulb at the end of it his microphone yeah. It's like one of those 70s game show microphones, just a little bigger. The Price is Right microphone, nice. <laughs>
0: back to the dungeon. Ugh. No, back to the ship. Back to the sh- and then we go back to the dungeon. Uh. Anyway, they're still at it.
1: You know what's funny is I just finished reading today the book, Uhura's Song, hmm. and there's all cats in it, right? And so here's Uhura, <laughs> and the, the episode's called Cat's Ball.
0: Again, Tos with the cats, right? They have MRS on the animated series. Like, I get it, Ben. I'm
1: more of a dog person. So, are you? Well, no yeah. supervillain ever had a dog, right? Name me uh, one supervillain that had a dog. The Grinch. Yeah, but that's not really his dog. <laughs> You're the first person to ever actually be able to tell me one. So,
0: <laughs> thank you, Brandon.
1: Congratulations, Zach.
0: And you know what else? There's there's a round of applause. for like done in the stupid dungeons, It's like our fourth time in there.
1: Yeah, but he's giving them their phasers. (laughs) This is where Krav
0: is like, although they would have freed themselves soon. Like, sure, give them some credit up there.
1: You were kissing her, and I want to kiss her, so you get out of here. It's like, so you guys, like, together? (laughs) What's your deal? What's What's the arrangement here? Oh, man, we should totally do a patron bonus where we, like, rewrite the episode and on mute and so that when they watch along we just like say the character's words but silly was not necessary. <laughs> is that what they do in mystery science theater i've never seen it actually
0: you never seen mystery science theater it all right as soon as you're done here and then you're done with your next podcast because i know you're doing one after this go watch an episode of mystery science theater immediately it's hilarious
1: Is that what they do, or do they just do commentaries? Is it basically just commentaries? Well, yeah, it's the
0: three little cutouts of the guys at the bottom of the movie screen. Mm -hmm. And they're they're commenting on what's happening. But yeah, sometimes they fake characters' voices and stuff. But it's not an overdub job, if that's what you mean.
1: Oh, okay. Look at another skeleton.
0: Man, they really raided that doctor's office.
1: Whoa! Oh, look how big that cat is. Holy
0: crap! This is is where it really starts to go downhill here.
1: That's a massive cat. Like, how could they possibly have done that special effects back in the days? And it's also, like, slow motion, too. Yeah. It's like... A cat? Spock's like, am I really in this episode?
0: The cat is the most ruthless and most terrifying of animals. Sure it is, Spock. Is tiger. Maybe on your planet.
1: Well, I mean, like, it's not the cat, but, like, lions, right? Like, is what right. I always... Sa-
0: saber-toothed tigers, yeah.
1: Extrapolate from that. Cat is a member of the that's lion that's family. You know, sort of. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So the climax spent running from this cat is really what sinks the episode, in my book.
1: <laughs> the last ten minutes of it, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Like it'd take it takes so long, and then this is what we did. Look this. Look this. at how big it is. Oh That my is. Goodness. That's like a clip out of a Coder O'Brien sketch from Late Night. <laughs> it's just so cheesy.
1: It is too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, here comes the giant cat. <laughs> oh, God, they're back in the dungeon. I thought we were out of there. Or <laughs> it might be a different room, they're just saving budget. I don't know. Oh, it is a different room, I guess? No, I don't know.
1: Uh, oh, could, did they have that escape attempt in the dungeon the whole time?
0: No, nah, this must be a different. Uh, it's the hallway.
1: Oh, yeah, and then when the cat kills him? Legit.
0: That was a that was a freeze frame as well, talking about freeze frames like of the witch earlier. Like that's a that's a freeze frame I know on the at the end credits. Um, luckily we have this bed over here that Kirk can use to jump up. Um <laughs> that, that's, a free, that's a freeze frame right there too.
1: You and your end credits feast fan. How many times do you watch? Do you just rewind the end credits and watch them over and over? <laughs>
0: well, I, I enjoy. I just really enjoyed that that aspect of TOS, where like it's like here, here are all these episodes you may or may not have seen. Little glimpses at other adventures.
1: I'm just gonna randomly draw images. What the skeleton images from like the episodes, and just create a gif for you.
0: You should. You should make me uh, make me say what they are. We'll we'll do that at the end here. We'll call we'll call out what the end credits, what episodes they're from. (laughs) Kirk's like, "Uh, this looked important. Nice catch, Spock. By the way, good editing. Those Vulcan reflexes. (laughs) That's good editing, yeah. Oh, (laughs) you know how short that shot was? Like, (laughs) Kirk must or Shatner must not have been able to hold hold on very long. Oh, I'll forget these guys. And this is the other reason this episode is lame, this fist fight with, like, McCoy, Spock, Who? and... Uh...
1: Yeah, but look at the guy. It's, like, not even McCoy. It's...
0: Yeah, this is, like, space seed mirror-mirror level of bad Sun doubles here.
1: <laughs> well, no, like, it's Tasha Yar in Encounter Farpoint. Like, that's a whole other level. Oh. <laughs> that's Short Dude with, like, the bad wig.
0: Kung Fu Sulu. Yeah. <laughs> He's no match for Kirkfu though. Like if I were George he would be like, you really, you guys are really gonna have me do kung fu? <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not even it's not even decay. Well,
0: George Decay, like he uh, in a uh, naked time, like they want to give him a samurai sword, and he was like, no, 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 just because I'm Asian, you will give me that. I, I want to be I wanted to be Robin Hood and I was like, Give me a you know fencing sword, you know. And that's what they gave him. So whenever they're like, hey, Lee, Sulu's Asian, let's have him do Kung Fu. It's like, really, guys? Come well, we on. <laughs> we
1: have- well, at least we found them. I definitely think that this episode is better than And the Children Shall Lead, but it's not as good as... Oh, what's another... I don't know. I think Wolf in the Fold's better than this.
0: I agree there's more locations anyway mm-hmm. there's more, more going on and you see, get to see Piglet be possessed by the spirit of Jack the Ripper I mean that's pretty cool
1: I would say this is probably in my bottom 5
0: bottom 5 wow this, when Brandon says something in his bottom 5 you know it's bad mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is probably it, it might be the worst episode of season 2 uh, I mean Cyber Earth I barely even count that as a Star Trek episode But yeah, it's well. I'll have to I'll have to think. I have to meditate on that. But uh, I mean, we're talking to a shadow of a cat. <laughs> what are we doing here, guys?
1: Back, you shadow, back. Oh man.
0: Oh, it's her. Oh, she's that. She was the cat. Oh, what she a was twist! The cat all along. What a twist! Okay. Don't let her touch the water, Don't touch the like water Odo? Captain. Is she Odo? No.
1: Oh. Is she the female changeling? No.
0: Where'd they go? <laughs> we get of this game? Well, yeah, now that we've removed Spock to sure before, but I am now. tell Kirk what to do, what will he do? <laughs> and and such, such cheap, and again, with any of these episodes of, like, spirits or magic or whatever, and, and I'm talking about anything, like not just Star Trek, but any fiction. There's no rules that are established. So anything can happen. So the stakes are like, what are the stakes? I don't even know what the stakes are mm-hmm. here. Because these they could do anything and you could resurrect things and, and he's going to destroy this wallet and everything goes away and it's like, I guess McCoy, it's Sulu and Scotty go back to normal. They don't even remember anything. But Jackson is still dead, as Kirk will remind us at the end of the episode. You're not even a woman. I don't know what you are. like indignant Kirk.
1: Oh, she's got the phaser. Oh. That's convenient. So, how high would you put this, then, if you don't think it's, like, bottom five? Where would you put it?
0: I don't know. I'm just... Uh... Oh! <laughs> bottom ten? Bottom ten? Yeah. I mean, because and the Children's Child down there. Uh, light, you like lights as Zatar though. I, <laughs> I was going to say lights as Zatar. Stay <laughs> your top five or my bottom five. <laughs> no, I know that's not true. I know, I know, we joke.
1: So now I went to a convention at Vegas, and there was people cosplays as these things. Yeah, like full size cosplay of these little things.
0: Oh, look, you got to give Tos credit. They made some alien aliens. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. Clearly, it that's. Like you're
1: getting a cold. Like while we're talking, you are like, <laughs> developing a cold.
0: <laughs> I need to blow my nose, but this is a live, <laughs> this is a live commentary. So Well, just mute your it. thing.
1: I can handle it for like okay. ten seconds.
0: I got I got I gotta hold it together, guys.
1: Hold it together.
0: <laughs> I'm giving it all she's got, Captain.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, they do. They did do very weird aliens. But like now, what happens? Are they like melting? Like, <laughs> yeah, like oh,
0: we should study them. Oh no, they're dead. Oh okay, let's go.
1: Oh no, they're melting. <laughs>
0: What a world! What a world! And Kirk has to remind us that Jackson is still dead because the guy died at the end of the episode, and uh, and that's the end. And and this is, uh, you know, I I hadn't seen this episode in a while before we we rewatched it. That I was waiting for, like, some Spock, Kirk, and McCoy scene on the bridge at the end. Nope.
1: (laughs) Nothing. Okay, what was the curse that was put on the ship?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good good point. Okay, so that is from Miri. That's from Who Who Mourns for Adonis.
1: That's from of terror. terror. That's the easy one. <laughs> I know, right? Uh Metamorphosis?
0: Uh, yeah, Metamorphosis, yeah. that uh, one where they do. Anything. Did thing? <laughs> Maybe yeah, it's it'd be with it or spacey, it's just Probably a shot of engineering, yeah.
1: Devil, Devil in the, in the dark.
0: dark. corporate maneuver.
1: Actually none because we never actually saw that image because <laughs> all of them were all like warped and like
0: There there, there are a few uh, images in there cuz this is my my obsession apparently as you put it out. That, that aren't actually screenshots from TOS. It's very interesting to to pick those out, but uh anyway, well that was that was obviously not quite as fun as that the Children shall lead. but hey, if it's, if, if this is if there was ever a Halloween Star Trek episode, that was it. And since today's Halloween, we wanted to just celebrate with you guys talking about the Halloween episode of Star Trek Catspaw. Well, f- bottom fire for you, Brandon. I'll have to look over the episodes again, and, but you know TOS. But it's probably my bottom ten.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely bottom fire for me. So, <laughs> well, Colin, oh, well, well, thanks
0: for taking the time. It's always fun to
1: talk uh, Trek with you, Brandon. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I like doing the uh, bad episodes. So, you know, when Jim <laughs> doesn't want to do the bad ones. You just call me.
0: We should we should do Wolf of the Fold next. I think that's a good suggestion.
1: Yeah, I love that episode.
0: Let, let's do the Robert Block trilogy. Let's do let's do Wolf of the Fold. Then what are we rolls Away Dove. of? So, Sounds look, good. So, what, what are point, the girls
1: made of? Is a great episode. You I know. know I, I read the book Double Double before I saw the episode. Really? Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, no, we should totally, yeah. So, so Brandon and I, that'll be our thing at some point. If kid can't be here, Brandon will fill in, and we'll, we'll do some commentary on some episodes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Brandon, if people want to find you out there on the Internet, man, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network with a show called The Edge, which is all about Star Trek Discovery. You can also find me on Warp 5 with my friend Floyd, uh, where we talk about Star Trek Enterprise, and we're having lots of fun over there. Over on the Fandom Podcast Network, you can find me on Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast with my friends Chris and Tom. And uh, otherwise, you can find me eating roasts, alien roast.
0: <laughs> well, when I'm not dangling my model enterprise over a candle, uh, you can find me here on uh, Standing Orbit every week talking about TOS with Kent. Uh, you can find me on Always Hold On to Smallville, which is my podcast where we talk about each and every episode of That Young Superman Show. We're on Twitter at AlwaysMalvin with one S, and you can find me personally on Twitter at MoronZach, that's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. All right, guys, well, happy Halloween. Be safe out there, (laughs) trick-or-treating,
1: Enjoy the podcast. Be safe out there tonight.